Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'd like to share with you a portion of Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 4, verses 2 to 4. You find that also printed out on your outline. Paul says to the believers there in Colossae, and I would suggest to us, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains, pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. So far, God's word. A bounty for knocking out the quarterback. The New Orleans Saints are in trouble, big-time trouble. Supposedly, they had a plan that went like this. Players would get a certain amount of money for doing harmful things to opposing players. And this so-called bounty system was known by players, coaches, and management. The object? If you can get the starting quarterback out of the game, you have a better chance of winning. This, of course, is nothing new. I mean, new in battles and in wars. Satan understands that. And his ultimate goal, of course, is to knock out Jesus, the ultimate quarterback. And he works against us and all of Jesus' teammates. Thus, the encouragement on this day. Over the month, we're following the series, Pray for Others. Today, pray for our church leaders. Paul writing his letter to the believers in Colossae, with Timothy at his side, encourages them and encourages us the need for prayer. And pray for yourselves and pray for the church leaders. When he says this, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too. Satan is out to get us, and he doesn't play by the rules. On our own, we would be as helpless as if we would go against the San Francisco 49ers, right? Whether we had pads on or not, we wouldn't stand a chance. See, but we are not alone. We have Christ. Christ has defeated Satan. In the Super Bowl of all Super Bowls, held in Jerusalem about 30 A.D. And it wasn't because of a goal line stand or a last-minute field goal kicked through the uprights. It was because Christ was nailed to an upright tree and there suffered and died. Nailed to that cross. Now, Satan must have thought he won, right? Talk about knocking out the opposing quarterback. Jesus was going to be killed. But, of course, Satan lost. Jesus won. That was God's plan, part of God's plan of salvation. Now every time that we or anyone else goes against God's will, 
any act of defiance, every sin has been paid for. And everyone who believes in Jesus Christ, who trusts in him, has the ultimate protection plan. So Paul encourages, be devoted to continuing talking to the one who won, Jesus Christ. And when we do that in prayer, talking to him from our heart, whether we use words or not, remember to say thank you. Why do we teach our children to say thank you? So they don't take things for granted. We thank our God for Jesus, so we don't take his sacrifice, his life, his death for granted. And keep watching for the evil one's attack. And Paul suggests, and most importantly, continue to pray for the leaders, the leaders in the church who are in this battle with Satan, with Christ by their side, armed with God's word, we know the battle continues. So we pray. Pray for protection from the wicked one and the wicked world. See, Jesus understood that. When he prayed for his disciples in the garden, he prayed to his heavenly Father because he knew the challenges that they would face when he was gone, at least gone from them physically. So he, told, he prayed for his, his main leaders that he left. He equipped, but he left. He prayed for his apostles. They would be entrusted with this eternally important task, this vital task of sharing the gospel, sharing what Jesus had accomplished So in Gethsemane, he prayed to his heavenly Father, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you would protect them from the evil one. We too indeed want to pray for our church leaders. Pray for those who, yes, who share the word of God, that word of salvation, by preaching or teaching, by counseling. But also pray for those who support the pastors. Pray for those who do all kinds of things behind the scenes at times that are vitally important to the mission that God has given us so the pastors may do their work more efficiently and with joy. Pray for people like the chairman of our congregation. Pray for our elders who are given the responsibility of supervision over the spiritual areas. Pray for the church council who deals with business aspects and youth and Sunday school and some of those other most important areas of ministry. If the, if the evil one, Satan, can get at one of your pastors, the congregation is at risk. And if you doubt that, just think of some of these famous TV evangelists, right? Who have fallen in the great harm that's been done to Christ's church here on earth. Pray for protection for your pastors and your church leaders. Protection from the wicked one and from the wicked world. We need it. And God gives it. 
Pray for it for us. Also, pray to remember and imitate. The writer of the Hebrews encourages believers then and now to remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. This congregation is now and has always been very generous to its pastors. Be generous in your prayers also. And don't be surprised that as you keep your pastors and church leaders in your prayers, that the things you pray for them don't also become a part of your life and the life of your families. Paul continues with the purpose and results of such prayers. He says, pray for open doors. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message. The absolute goal of every pastor, of every church leader, of every church member is to get to heaven and to take with us as many others as possible. God has promised to work, but he's promised to work through his word and through the sacraments. We know that. Well, so does Satan. And Satan works against that. We need ears that are open. We need people in which the water of baptism can be applied in the name of the, the triune God. Doors need to be opened for people to hear and the Holy Spirit to have a chance to come in and crush sinful hearts and change them to believing hearts. Satan's working overtime to nail that door shut again and again. And we need to pray then that the Holy Spirit will open doors. Pray that door after door after door will be opened and that hearts will be receptive and lives will be changed for time and for eternity. The purpose and result of such prayers, second purpose is for explanation and revelation. Pastors and church leaders, jobs are not always easy. And it isn't just because of Satan. It's because we have a, all of a sinful nature, a sinful flesh. It doesn't always want to do the things that we are supposed to do, the things that need to be done. I'd like to take the easy way out at times. Not everything that church leaders say they will do are done by the next church meeting. Pray for us. That God would forgive us when we fall short of carrying out our responsibilities. And that God would re-energize us with the important tasks that all the church leaders here at Apostles would have. But we face another wonderful challenge, trying to proclaim the mystery of Christ. For you see, we are not God. We are not at an intellectual level with God. And yet God says we are to take these mysteries and share them with people in the best way possible. Things like the fact that Christ is true man and true God in one being at the same time. That God reveals to us himself as one God, only one God, yet three entities, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The fact that one of these entities, the Son, took on human flesh so that he could be like us, but not like us in sin. And this one that took on human flesh, even though he's God and God cannot die, 
he did die. He suffered and died so that you and I will not have to suffer and die. He paid for all sins. So thus we have a God who is perfectly just, who punishes every single sin, and at the same time is perfectly loving and forgives every one of those sins. In the mystery of Christ. Pray that we'll continue to proclaim that mystery clearly, abundantly. The purpose and results of such prayer, the third purpose and result is for clarity. Paul says, pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Okay, let's be honest now. How many of you fervently and daily pray for your pastors? Now, I'm not talking about when they're sick or at an anniversary. Now, I'm told because some of you tell me that you do. Now, I thought my mother would always prayed for me daily for her son, the pastor, but some of you do. But how many? Now, I know you've you got families, right? You've got responsibilities. You've got challenges and troubles. We're encouraged. Because of necessity, pray for us. Not just because I take the scripture readings off, but pray for us for the things that we face and the opportunities that we have Pray for us. I think you will. Try harder. And I know that God forgives you when you haven't in the past and won't at times in the future. But I'm sure it's exactly true that you don't pray for us at all. For example, I wonder how many of you haven't said a few prayers. Yes, in, 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 in silence maybe, because God hears what's in our mind and heart already during this message. Um, any, any of you remember thinking, what is he saying? What does that mean? Did you understand that? Boy, that doesn't seem very clear to me, right? What, what are you doing? You're talking to yourself? I, maybe you're talking to the Lord, right? Give this man the ability to say things so I can understand them, so I can take them home, so I can make them mine personally. So that's what Paul is talking about, right? Pray that we may speak it more clearly. Maybe your prayer was sort of like that. And Paul asks, I pray that Pastor Cronenberg may proclaim it clearly as he should. For you see, the Holy Spirit doesn't work through nonsense of words or expressions, things that you can't understand, at least what the words say. The Holy Spirit works through the truth, clearly and simply expressed as it is in God's Word, the Bible. Jesus clearly expressed this in his, in his prayer to his heavenly Father in the garden when he prayed, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. We live in a world, supposedly, that's constantly searching for truth, right? That's why we send a spaceship all the way millions of miles to Mars and spend billions of dollars to find out truth. And yet much of this world doesn't believe in the absolute truth of scripture but we do right we have that truth from the youngest child that's uh, back in children's church to the forgetful aged right we have the truth of God's word 
pray that the pastors will continue to cherish that truth and share that truth clearly and powerfully. For indeed, the ultimate purpose of God in having you pray for us leaders is so that he will answer those prayers and we may receive blessings, the kind of blessings that the writer of the Hebrews shared in the last verses of our epistle reading. May this be our prayer also. May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant, who brought back from death our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.